and welcome to Gender Sexuality School. I'm Tara Goldstein and we're podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today, I've invited artist researcher and theatre director Jennifer Jenny Salisbury to talk about a verbatim theatre project we're working on together called The Love Booth and Other Plays. It's going to be produced by Gailey Road, an independent theatre company based in Toronto, where research meets theatre and theatre meets research. I created Gailey Road in January 2007. Since then, Gailey Road has worked with over 65 writers and 95 theatre artists and artist researchers. Jenny Salisbury and I are co-artistic directors of the company. The Love Booth and Other Plays is a set of seven short plays that share stories of a variety of queer lives and queer activism in the 1970s and early 1980s. The title play, The Love Booth, tells the story of how a group of two lesbian activists and one masked gay psychiatrist pushed the American Psychology Association to take homosexuality off its Diagnostic Statistical Manual in 1973. This meant that homosexuality was no longer considered an illness that needed to be cured. The sickness label was an albatross around the activist's neck. Anything they said on their behalf was dismissed as, that's just your sickness talking. The delisting of homosexuality from the DSM changed the lives of countless people who no longer felt they needed to be cured of the feelings they had for the people they loved. To mark the 50th anniversary of the delisting, I wrote a verbatim play called The Love Booth, which will be performed at the Toronto Pride Festival on June 9th, 2023. The script will be available on the Gailey Road website after the performance as curriculum for educators to use in their teaching. Jenny, welcome to Gender Sexuality School. We're excited to have you with us today. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for asking me, Tara. So happy. To start off our talk about The Love Booth and other plays, could you briefly talk about each of the six other plays that layer the themes of activism and care that are taken up in the title play, The Love Booth? So you've done a beautifully a beautiful thing as a playwright in this play. You've really layered uh, the original story with the community that surrounded it and what, come, and what came immediately afterwards. Um, so our audiences get to go on this beautiful journey through um, seven different moments of activism and care um, that are coming from very different perspectives um, and it's beautiful. So after we have the love booth and other plays and we meet Dr. Anonymous in his mask who's standing up and championing that we need to change um, how we understand homosexuality and that it isn't a mental illness, we then move to Chisholm. So Chisholm is a play about the very first black woman who ran for president of the United States and she did it, Shirley Chisholm, she did it knowing she wasn't going to win knowing that she wasn't going to be the nominee of a major party, knowing that this was not actually about winning the presidency, it was about starting the conversation and being first. Because once someone has been first, the, the door is open. Right. And no one has to be first again. But what's really interesting about Shirley Chisholm's story and what gets tied into the love booth and other plays is who supported her. 
So she was a black woman running for president. Right. And so the black community supported her, but others supported her too. Anyone who was feeling like the uh, the, presidency, the presidency of the United States was an institution of white supremacy, was an institution of colonization, um, was out of reach for people. And so she had a group of um, gay men she didn't ask them, they just did it. And <laughs> they called themselves the advance men and they would show up at her speeches. And they would, sometimes they dressed in drag, sometimes they were just their fabulous selves. And they would <laughs> shout things from the crowd like, go Shirley, or we love you Shirley. And it was this radical act of care right. um, to say that um, we're standing together as a community, we're being public and, in, and out in the world. Um, and it was, it was queer care. And they were working with, they, they were showing up for Shirley Chisholm because she was somebody who was standing up for them. Right. So it was amazing. So that's play two. Play two. Um, play three um, is the Zero Positive Seder, which tells the story of Iris de la Cruz, who was an HIV AIDS activist in New York City in the early 80s. Right. So she um, got, she was HIV positive uh, and then uh, very quickly that transitioned to AIDS and she was going to die. Yeah. Um, and she was not going to go quietly. Right. And so she was this incredible writer yes. and activist. She had a column that is hysterical. You know this, you've read it. Um, but it's, she takes her anger, not only at the disease, but at the world around her and the, the, the silencing that was happening around AIDS, the shame that was happening around AIDS, um, the Puritan morality that got shoved in everybody's face uh and she she addressed it like right right directly um and was bold and daring and sexy and um a provocateur but she was also very sick yeah and so her mom decided to have her uh passover seder supper for iris and to invite all of iris's friends um who were also living with hiv and so they end up having this beautiful community meal where they do an ancient ritual. Yes. Where they pray together, where they drink wine together, um, where they come together and they say, this is the real shit that I'm dealing with. This is the real pain of my life. And I'm not going to do it alone. And Iris's mom, um, who is just trying to walk with her adult daughter through this really difficult period ends up caring for this whole community of people living with right. AIDS, this whole community of people who are uh, struggling. Uh, and they end up using the ritual of the Seder to um, heal and to let go and to um, to move on to a, to a new space. Uh, and it's beautiful. That's play three. Play three. Play four is Lies in the Library. With Lies in the Library, we would go back to uh, Barbara Giddings, who was um, our main character in the love booth. That's right. Because no activist is one story. Right. Uh, all of us are complicated with lots of different attentions. And so um, Barbara was a bookworm. Yes. She loved literature. She understood her identity through her relationship to literature. Yes. So when she met, when she was a young woman and she received this label of homosexual, she received this level, this label of lesbian, she decided to go and do research. She went to libraries and looked for anything that would yeah. um, give her some sense of community, some sense of identity, um, give her a shape to what this life was. Um, and then 
as she got involved in the movement, as she became a leader in the movement, she wrote bibliographies of queer material and shared it with libraries to get those books on the shelves so other people who are seeking can find that information. And that brings us to the next play, which is Press of Our Own. Yes. So Press of Our Own is amazing. It is about the founding of uh, Kitchen Table Press. Yes. um, Which also is... Woman of Color Press. Woman of Color Press. Kitchen Table, Woman of Color Press. Kitchen Table, Woman of Color Press. And it's Audre Lorde and Barbara Smith. And the two of them um, sit down and they say, we are not going to get published in um, the literary magazines by the publishers who are white. Right. Who are primarily male, who are primarily straight. Um, We are, and even in the queer community, uh, Audre Lorde's work was rejected by the magazine that Barbara Giddings was editing, um, but which was the latter. And so they sat down and they said, we've got to do it ourselves. And so these two women founded Kitchen Table Press, which ran for a decade yeah. and published all sorts of remarkable, incredible people, um, including Audre Lorde herself. And one of the people they published was an incredible poet named Chisholm. And that brings us... Christos. Christos, not Chisholm. An incredible poet named Christos, um, who was an indigenous poet and a lesbian and two-spirit, and she wrote stunning, stunning poems, heartbreaking poems, um, vibrant, angry, life-giving poems. And she was published by Kitchen Table, Women of Color Press. Uh, so that's who, pub- that's who was able to share uh, Christos's poetry with the world. And so our next play is called I Walk in the History of My People. And it is a little bit of a monologue from Christos. And then this beautiful, beautiful poem um, about how our bodies carry the wounds of history. And then she passes the torch to Leanne Simpson. Leanne Simpson. Leanne Simpson, who's local. She's our, she's our neighbor. She's connected to the University of Toronto. Uh, Leanne Simpson is very much involved in Idle No More. And she is an extraordinary thinker and writer about Indigenous rights. And um, Alec Butler, who is an Indigenous elder that you and I work with yes. often, said, I want to move Christos's poem into our current moment. Yeah. And so he invites, he wrote to put Leanne Simpson into the play. And then I said, Leanne has to say something. Yes. Um, and so I went and I, and I had this beautiful couple of days looking through Leanne's work. And I found an interview where she talks about mentorship and she talks about care. Yeah. And she talks about engagement and all the things that this play is about. And so we pulled those words together and we assembled them. So now Leanne Simpson has a little, has a short monologue at the end of Christos's play, I Walk in the History of My People, because Leanne Simpson walks in the history of her people. And that brings us to our last play, which is Star House. Yes. And Star House is about uh, the founding of um, homes in New York City for queer and trans youth, especially the, the queer and trans youth who have been kicked out of their homes and have nowhere to live and are street involved in New York City. And it tells the story of how sometimes activism looks like a safe place to sleep. Yep. Sometimes activism looks like a meal. Sometimes activism just looks like a relationship and a place to go um, because otherwise you're on the street where there is violence, uh, where there is um, fear and scarcity, and um, you're all by yourself. 
And so it's about um, two incredible women um, who, Sylvia Rivera and, do you remember? Chelsea. Chelsea Goodwin. That's right. Sylvia Rivera and Chelsea Goodwin, who work for their entire lives um, to help queer and trans youth off the streets in New York City. And it ends with some of their anger yeah. about how their, the queer community keeps abandoning trans yes. youth yeah. and about how society in general, that year after year, generation after generation, more trans kids, more queer kids are getting kicked out of their homes or becoming street involved. And yet it's still this piecemeal grassroots, do what we can with the space we have. And that it just, they just want so much more ownership and engagement and right. involvement. Uh, and so it's an indictment of um, the queer community that hasn't been taking care of these homeless kids. And it's also a call to be involved and to keep going. And so the play ends on this note of this isn't a finished story. Right. This story is still going. And all of us need to get involved and stay involved. And that's the play. Lovely. Lovely. As you get ready to start the rehearsals for The Love Booth and other plays, what are some of the things you're thinking about? I'm thinking about why these stories now. Right. Right? I'm thinking about... Um, we're in a very different moment politi politically. Um, we're in a very different moment. We're in Canada. Most of these stories are American. Um, we're, the world is very different with social media, with yes. um, the 24-hour news cycle, with uh, queer representation in the media. It can feel very, very distant. The 50 years can feel a world away. And yet... We're in a moment of increased homophobia. We are certainly in a moment of increased transphobia. And I think we're in a moment where a lot of the activists who are working in the 70s and 80s alongside these people are feeling like we're backsliding. Yeah. Like all of the work is for naught. Yeah. Um, that things in some ways are getting worse. Right. And so can we keep going? Can um, things get better? what is needed in this political moment right. to address both systemic uh, homophobia and transphobia um, and the other systemic racism and classism that it surrounds us? And what are the grassroots needs right now? And how do we support the people who are doing that, who are doing the one-on-one -on -one relational, um, I'm not going to let you sleep on the street tonight um, work uh, in this moment, in this place? And I think if we look to our elders, if we look to the people who did it before us, it gives us hope that we can keep going and make a difference and make and make large and small changes. So that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so exciting. So as we get closer to our rehearsal period, what are you hoping will happen during our rehearsal period? We will have about 15 performers um, ah. working with us. And then looking even further forward, what are you hoping for on the night of the performance? So for the rehearsal period, um, that's a lot of people in the room. And I'm really excited. I don't think I've been, it's been a long time since I've been in a rehearsal room that big. Um, in the pandemic, everything shut down. Right. Um, so no one was rehearsing, and then we were only rehearsing online, and then we came back, but it's come back in small pieces. And so to have a group of people 
all sit around the table and read these plays and to get to know each other and to all be together. I think what I, I so it's community. I'm really looking forward to, to community. And then that is the same thing for the performance night, just bigger. I'm looking forward to 250 people being together and celebrating queer liberation. It's just going to be a big old party. And I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to be surrounded by that love and that energy and that drive to engage. That's so beautiful. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Jenny, thanks so much for joining us today. I so love talking about our upcoming performance of The Love Booth and Other Plays. The Love Booth and Other Plays is coming to Toronto Pride in June for one performance only, Friday, June 9th, 2023, 7.30 p.m. There'll be a reception preceding and following the performance. Everybody come, come, uh, come and join us. <laughs> Admission is free, but registration is essential. Space is limited. For tickets, please visit gaileyroad.com. All right, that's our podcast for today. This episode was produced with the support of a Connections Grant from the Social Science and Humanities Research Council and from Doug Friesen, who is a PhD student at the Ontario Institute for Studies and Education. Thanks to composer Kale Reed, sound engineer Lisa Patterson, and musician Doug Friesen for creating the music that opens and closes the show. Gender Sexuality School is available on popular platforms at Daily Road Audio. I'm Tara Goldstein. All the best.